Hello, hello, hello. Uh, hold on. Yeah, we're not going live. <laughs> it's going live. It just, I always think it takes time, but I think it actually is broadcasting. It says it's live. Live. Live on Facebook. Hello, Facebook. Hello, we are live. I see it. Oh, we are this week. I can't hear it. Hi. Hello. Where's our intro? Do we have an intro? Oh, hold on. <laughs> what happened to our music? It, uh, I forgot to click the button. Hold on, hold on. I like your glasses. Thank you. Oh, I still had them on. In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your host, Rain Thomas. Elmer J. Howard and Dr. Kevin. Hello, hello. I am Rain Thomas. Hello, I am Elmer Howard. Well, I guess that makes me Dr. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> How did that work out? I don't know. That's crazy, well, isn't it? Yeah. So I love coffee mugs. I have a whole collection and people give me coffee mugs and I find coffee mugs I like and I buy. And so as I was picking out my coffee mug to have my pot of tea in for tonight's show, I grabbed this mug and I thought, oh, this is such an appropriate mug right now for these times. Can you read that? <laughs> Let it go. I, 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 I couldn't see it like popped away. Oh, it says, let that shit go. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. That's that's really important right now. Yes, and more important than ever here at Laughing, Loving, and Alive is to help you find some laughter, to share some loving so you know you are not isolated, alone, feeling like either you're getting ready for your head to pop like a really, really abscessed pimple between COVID and politics. Ah! I'm gonna be ill. And 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 remind you that you are alive. So absolutely. What loving or laughing or alive thing did you experience this week, Miss Rain Thomas? Yay! Remember this? How old do we have to be to remember this, right? <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> so let's wah, see wah, what is wah, this wah, wah. go ahead october 25th 26th somewhere around there well you know it's still breast cancer awareness month and i've been receiving lots of donations uh and and i'm putting together christmas bags i have someone that knows survivors that are stage three and stage four i don't know any of these people and i don't know a lot of the donors either but I'm putting together bags because um, at some point they will all get mailed out anonymously. So before the holidays. So that's exciting that, you know, I, I can just do my little part. 
not, hey, it's not a little part. It's part of the process. Each part of the process depends on the other part of the process happening. And it, and it sometimes it's, it's quote unquote, the smallest part that doesn't get done that screws the pooch. You're at, screws the pooch, oh. I like that. Yeah, yes. I'm using my elevated, more sophisticated language tonight. <clears throat> Elmer, <laughs> I choked on that one. Rain is frozen. Oh, that's all right. I know Paula when she gets back. Then she can probably yeah, for us. Probably, yeah. Um, so, Elmer, what what thing made you laughing or loving or alive this this since our last radio show, uh, last podcast, our last Facebook, uh, whatever we call this thing? Um, in the last two weeks, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember much because uh, the last couple of days has been, uh, at least not today, but the last couple of days before that was crazy with um, trying to clear up a hack off my website. We thought we had got it a month and a half ago when it happened and we rebuilt the site, but uh, there was still stuff on it. It took me majority, majority yesterday, like four, four hours, hours to, to, to clear, clear up. up. So made me feel alive, I guess, that I, you know, um, my ADHD kicked in and I was hyper-focused and wasn't going to give up until I fixed it. Hey, does that mean I'm back? Yes, I see you and hear you. Welcome back, who will will now affectionately refer to as sleet, which is the other name for a frozen rain. Yes, because (laughs) we have a huge windstorm. I'm surprised I can get on it all again. But remember, I'm saying sleet. That's E-E. I'm not using a U in that word, okay? That's okay. It depends on who you ask. So, Dr. Kevin, what about you in the last two weeks? Well, there's been a few different things. Um, I got another poem done that came out of kind of nowhere, um, another five minutes. And one of these days when we have time, I'm going to share some of my poetry on air here and there. Um, but uh, it always makes me feel good when I'm creating. And I've started, uh, started another new one. So, you know, finding little odd bits of time. Uh, but probably one of the things which has been uh, most giving me, I'm going to call it a plethora of emotions, actually, is that I found this thing called the Smart Frame. And I saw it on Facebook. I decided to order one. Well, actually, I decided to order five because heaven forbid I should ever do anything small. Uh, and you, it, you get an email address that you can give to people and they can email directly to your frame photographs and they pop up on the frame. So you can be sitting there with the frame and suddenly you get a message on the frame, tap to see new photographs and somebody can send you a photograph that they had of you or them or something that thought you'd be interested in and you tap it, it pops up on your frame. And um, it will hold up to like 8,000 pictures. Oh my goodness. And so I actually got the first one and I've got it beside me now because I'm kind of running through it and I've sent it out because I have got it for my mother. And you know, my mother's in a nursing home and she's now, moved into probably moderate dementia. And so good days, bad days. Uh, you know, I talked to her on Friday and she knew that my 
my uh, niece, her granddaughter and her husband were coming on Saturday. She was all excited. They got there and she didn't know who they were. Oh, no. Wow. Uh, but she talked to my sister the next day and talked about how glad she was to see them. Huh. She, when they were there, she had times when she wasn't sure who they were. Okay. But I'm hoping that this frame will help at least um, give her a little more time with what, what memory she has left by seeing these constant. I mean, I got pictures of her from when she was a baby and siblings and her and her siblings growing up and pictures of her parents and her grandparents and then all of her kids and grandkids and great grandkids. And I'm having, I'm reaching out to all sorts of people to send me pictures in and I'm making sure it works. It's up and working correctly before I give it to her so that maybe it will hold on. But, but having this like going through all these pictures and reaching out and then giving people a chance to feel like there's something they could do. Because, you know, as you know, we've done a couple of shows about breast cancer and it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you another thing, you know, which can make somebody feel very powerless when someone they love has breast cancer. But tell you, let me tell you, it makes you feel very powerless when somebody you love has dementia. Oh, yeah. And that you know, and my grandfather had it and two of my aunts have it. And now I see my mother going through it. I remember when my grandfather went through it. Um, and I was a small boy when he went through it. Um, but I, I remember what it was like being like eight years old and having my grandfather not know me. And, and at that point, not understanding, you know, like he chased me around with the pillow calling me a name because he thought I was somebody else. Oh, so, you know, so watching this and doing this and though this obviously isn't going to stop the dementia, I have to say that knowing that I can at least give her whatever time she has left with a panoramic view of her life from all from her life from birth until now, um, at least can make me feel good that I'm doing what I can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's very kind. That's a great way to help someone just kind of know that they're loved you know and it's it's really important i think for our our viewers our listeners there's nobody out there that doesn't have moments that they don't feel powerless there's no spiritual guru there's no high mucky mock there's no person you have on a pedestal always a bad idea but you know that right doesn't have bad moments, that doesn't have things that they're struggling with, that doesn't have moments that they feel so frustrated or so powerless because they are powerless. There's, not, there, there's nothing they can do directly. Right. Then right. it's about finding where do I have power? Where do I have power in this situation? You know, because, um, you know, I did the walk. That was the other thing uh, that was brought a big smile to my face was a lot of laughter, a lot of love, a lot of being alive was my sister and I walked 15 miles for breast cancer last Sunday. Because she does a walk and she did 10 miles on Monday, uh, Friday and 10 miles on Saturday. And then she, we were supposed to do 10 miles, but we were having such a great time. We did 15. Um, love it. <laughs> ah, I love it. And, um, but it's the biggest block of time that hasn't been because of a crisis that my sister and I have spent together in a few years. 
it's like most of the time we get together, if we're together for a block of time, it's because we're, we were, you know, with dad when he was dying, we're with mother when she's trying to, when we're trying to figure out where, you know, like it's crisis after crisis. And then we have these, you know, if we're lucky, we grab a dinner here or there, but her life and my life, and then our joint crises and stuff like this. And we almost talked about, we talked about everything, but, you know, the crisis right. stuff during that time. And so that was very big, but I do want you guys out there to remember, find the power you have. You have power, even if that power is just to be nice, just to listen with no expectations you're gonna make it better because maybe you can't. Right. right. No agenda with nothing to prove. If you can just sit there and witness and be and just radiate the love that you feel and honor whatever they're going through and how they need it honored, then that is where the power is. And that's what you need to find. So I've rattled enough. I love it. And I'm glad because that's a great segue to our guest. Oh, really? Um, I never yeah, would have it's, it's a great segue. I, you know, I don't even remember how this happened because it's been like five or six years. And I was following this, you know, just different musicians and they popped up. I love Montreal since I was a kid. And so I called and this guy actually picked up, you know, and I said, hey, I said, you know, this is my name. We're doing New York Fashion Week on behalf of uh, breast cancer survivors, especially metastatic. And, you know, we talk about men getting involved. You're an artist and so on and so forth. Um, would love to have you, you know, at the New York Fashion Week, you know, watching us on the runway. Do you know this guy like rallied up the troops and brought them to support us and interviewed a lot of the survivors? Some of them are no longer with us. So they memorialized them with all of this footage and interviewing them backstage and during all the festivities and took it back to Montreal where other people in the hip hop industry and music industry that would have never found us, found us. So maybe he remembers the story differently. You know, at age 37, I don't remember the way I used to. Be, be quiet, Elmer. <laughs> I see you laughing. <laughs> Is your dyslexia <laughs> kicking in, dear? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I just thought it was incredible you know, because everybody likes to say men don't get involved, men don't understand. And here was this guy who was talking about building this studio so he could make music and create this empire for other musicians and rappers and hip hop artists. And I looked up one day after that all happened and boom, he did it. I see him in the studio and I see all of these other people from all over the world in there producing and making music with him. So I'm proud to be in this circle. Yeah, I just absolutely love it. But of course, I'm gonna leave the questions to you, Dr. Kevin, and you over talkative Elmer. I'm just the tech guy, you know, that's why I'm in the back in the dark, you know. Okay, I, I'll take that. <laughs> All right, so we're ready to bring it on. You, or is that why you think you're in the dark, Elmer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, let's bring him on. He can. He he doesn't even need an introduction. Any guy that shows up like that, clean haircut, smiling, 
you know, there for women, especially strangers, either that person is crazy or they are really genuine. So there he is. Thank you so much. It was bringing me a big smile just hearing you uh, recount the story of how we met. Because yes, uh, we did bring the troops. We made way all the way to New York from Montreal. And uh, thanks a lot again, uh, just for having me on the show. Uh, Rain, wow, it's amazing seeing you again. It has been like four years now. It's, it's, it's really something else. And where we've brought the company since then, it's, uh, it's really evolved. Well, I'm glad it's evolved because you're going to like Elmer and Dr. Kevin. Dr. Kevin is going to go behind the scenes because if I bring someone on, I let them do the questioning because I know stuff about you that they don't know. So there are probably questions I wouldn't ask that I should ask, but I don't know to ask other than I see you blowing up and I need to get your autograph. (laughs) That's, That's what I know I need to do and get my make way shirt so I can show people that. Yeah, you know, you yeah, are. we'll send it all through. We'll send it all through. I love it. And then you can send me a sandwich from Rubens, like a burger. Oh, I don't We're in code red right now, actually. Oh, so okay. It's 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 hard, but when the day comes. <laughs> I'm coming up there to the studio. I'm taking you on that offer. Hey, I want st- to I'll tell you, we're still open. We're still open every day for artists and uh we're still progressing. You know, uh it hasn't stopped us. You know, uh, a lot of artists are surprised uh, that we're they're like, oh, they're, they're, they're surprised, but at the same time, they're not. You know, they're like, of course, your make way. What would close you guys? Well, um, Dr. Kevin, he's all yours. <laughs> You're in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you as well. So my first question for you, I know you probably heard some of the back and forth as it was going on, because you said you liked hearing um, the story. Uh, so, you know, her story of meeting you and things like this. So my first two questions are, one, how does it feel to be an emperor in the 21st century? And has anyone ever questioned whether you were wearing clothes? Those are my first two questions for you. So uh, just the upper half. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it feels, <laughs> it feels, it feels amazing. Uh, you know, uh, I've really worked every day to get to where the company is, you know, and there was times where it was just you know you do it till you're you're tired you know 12 hour days 14 hour days consecutively and you know giving up a lot of your social life uh you know and and doing all that kind of stuff really just to push your dreams and push what you really want at the end of the day um but what's cool about this industry is that you know building the social life within the studio and within the artist coming through and still staying energized and loving what you're doing at the same time it's a it was all there for me. So everything always balanced out and I was able to create music. Uh, I'm sure Rain's, I don't know. Oh yeah, Rain knows, of course. Yeah, I'm an artist as well. Um, we met under different pretenses, which is why it's really funny. And uh, I don't know if you guys have, if we ever go into that, but I, I would love to go into that story once again from my perspective, because Ra- Rain's never, there we go. Rain's never heard it from my perspective because we were just actually four months into making a, a sub company off of the Makeway brand, which is Makeway Radio. And um, we were running all sorts of uh, marketing ads and stuff like this. And for some reason, we hit Rain. Rain emailed us. And I just saw there was a little thing at the bottom that said her number on it. And I was like, we could go back and forth by emails. But you know what? New York Fashion Week, this is a great cause. Like, I think this is something that would be a great start to this new company here. So I, I called up the, the team that we had of the radio host. 
And I said, look, guys, would you think this would be possible? Do you think you would want to come out here? You know, and uh, we, we present ourselves, we interview people and uh, we'd be a little bit different with it. Since a lot of the typical interviews were just somebody behind the camera reading to the person, we would get there in with them with the microphone and really get a, a, a genuine uh, interaction with them. And it, it, was, it was amazing. So uh, and anyways, we ended up, I just called her. She was like, like surprised, like, how'd you get my number even? <laughs> and I was like, yo, look, uh, we're, we're really, uh, we love the, everything that you guys are doing. We did some research on it and we'd love to be a part of it. And uh, it was just bing, bang, boom. She set it up. She told us, you got your seats, you got your thing. I got my cameraman, I got the host ready. And uh, we came through and we've never done something like a fashion show. We, we yeah, like she's saying, we were a hip hop radio we deal with a lot of rappers, a lot of artists. So this was completely out of our body, but fashion goes hand in hand with music and different causes. And now that we're seeing that we're a brand that's actually building up, that's not just hip hop. How could we expand outside of our world and um, make way radio? It's a, it's a media. So we should be covering all different things. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to actually come out there, suit up. We all got freshed out for you guys. <laughs> And uh, it was just, it was a great opportunity. And when I finally met her going through this crazy backstage rooms of people getting dressed up, she's getting her eyes done. She couldn't even see me, but she holds her hand out <laughs> and we just start talking. And that's how I met Rain, eyes closed, holding her hand. It was just such I a remember moment. that now. <laughs> and that was our, our first interaction. So it was just I've always wanted to explain that to you from my perspective as well, because it was amazing for us to even go out there and do all of that as, as professional as we handled it. We were just, we wanted to be on our feet. We wanted to show the best for this cause. And I, I think we, we, we pulled through with everything. It was amazing. And we learned so much. And I'm also really crazy sorry to hear about the people that we interviewed that have passed away. That's uh, I didn't know about yeah. anything. Yeah, it pops up on the Facebook feed and I see you guys interviewing them and then um, I'm like, wow, you know, gone at 28, gone at 29, gone at 32. So thanks to you guys, I get to relive the memories and cherish the memories of those women because I might not have seen any footage had it not been for you. Wow, that's uh, it was really an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, it's uh, everyone's memory will live on through those footage. And if there's ever more events, we would love to come cover them again, for sure. And that was it was, it was Tell, really you hear hard. that, Dr. Kevin? He wants to come my, over footage. It had it had my host in tears. Uh, the, the big tech was in tears, and uh, ah. it, it was really powerful. It was very powerful. Thank you. It makes meaning out of tragedy when you can have something as like an interview. At, uh, that especially when it catches the essence of the person for it to live on. Um, I had tons of footage for, uh, that was shot for different uh, reasons uh, with uh, my, my former business partner who I, who I refer to as my spiritual wife whose birthday would have been tomorrow that when she died, I was able to actually put together a whole collection of years of videos of 
promos we did and talks we did and things we did to give to her daughter for her to live on. That's and really nice. These, these opportunities that these women had to have their voice and to know that they were fighting a battle that the odds, well, they weren't in their favor at the end of the day, um, but may move somebody else or may have somebody else make a different choice or a better choice or find hope or keep going. And hope is in short supply these days. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I was just having this conversation. I was uh, working earlier today in my private practice with a, uh, with a family who's very artistic and got a lot going on, but are feeling the crush of the, today's environment and, and things like this. And it's like that hope that we give now, that light that we give now is more needed than it's ever been. And art, is the arts of any kind. Of course, of course. Can find a language, whether it's through music or drawing or stories or poetry or whatever, that for those who do not have voice or a way to express all that's inside of them, sometimes when they can find the expression through something you've written or your people have played or that Rain has sung or that I have created or whatever, or Elmer's created with his movies, it saves lives. It is that which helps them find something to hold on to like a drowning ship. And unfortunately, anxiety is high these days. It just yeah. is. So tell me a little bit more about the arc of your story because you know, Rain has this wonderful way of saying, I'm bringing this person on and they're fabulous and they're wonderful. I'm gonna tell you how I met them. And so she, she didn't say your name. She didn't say exactly what you do. She kind of sort of referred to it as a side back door. I actually even went and, and looked at two or three of the posts and realized she never actually said out like your name. I, right. I, so, down I, 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 I do, as my artist name, I do go by Anu Buds, but my name is Brandon Hecht. Um, and besides for uh, the radio and uh, being an artist myself, I own a company called Makeway Studios where we record, mix, and uh, master artists. But after well, that's how we started. After we developed our company, we learned how much well, how much artists really need, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's more than just recording. And we saw all the demands that you know are, are coming by these artists. And I used to shrug it off, be like, I don't, I don't know anybody. And I was like, well, look, uh, let me start actually developing a team of these people. So it was everything from photography to graphic design to web design to uh, just making their whole brand and putting everything together. Uh, social media help with them as well. It was a huge one, especially lately. Uh, yep. If you're sitting at home, uh, you better be holding your phone and promoting your music somehow. So it's just great because what we were able to do is um, show artists how to become businesses and how to see themselves as a brand and not just, you know, uh, just a rapper, just a singer. You have to see there's a lot more behind yourself and how to build yourself as if it were a company. And one way that I like to explain it to artists when we're talking about branding is if I'm listening for music, if I'm looking for something, anything really in the world, uh, it's like a box of cereals, let's say, at the, uh, at the supermarket. You go and you look. Uh, I'm not going to pick the one that's just a bag. 
you're going to pick the one with the mascot, with the nice colors, the one that stands out the most. These are what kids see, what people see. This is a branding. So there's no way anyone's going to pick that little bag of cereal, even if it's the best bag of cereal in the world. It's kind of, you know, there's no branding to it. And this is a big thing. And uh, artists have to start understanding, and they are these days more than ever, is that branding yourself is going to attract an audience. And if you don't do the bare minimum, it's, it's really hard to push your music, especially since there's so many people doing it now. Well, you know, part of the thing is, and there, there are two or three different notes that you're striking here that I want to kind of touch on. Because, you know, I, I, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years. I also taught at an MBA level boot camp for entrepreneurs and dealt with artists to say, but you're a business. If you want to do your art, whatever that is, music, yeah. you, there's also a business component. And there was, a, the, and I remember them coming into the door of every ilk and they'd be like, but my stuff is so good. So somebody else should do everything. Yeah, well, you know, that's nice Cinderella, but wake up, the ball's over. Yep. It doesn't yep. happen that way. And part of it was languaging. Can you even language what it is you're, you're doing? I mean, one of, my, one of my big things was helping people find the language that would differentiate them from everybody else. I would do that hours and hours on end as Elmer remembers, because he was sitting beside me ready to shoot himself. Um, but that's so important that the branding is also the language of the artist and how do you differentiate and how do you put them out there? But also we have a long history of using, abusing and throwing out artists because they weren't business owners. Do you address that part of it? Um, was there any people in general you're, you're talking oh, about? Hollywood studios for 40 years created drug addicts and threw them away when they could no longer perform. Oh, in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, this is a lot, a lot from child stars, but a lot from people, you know, not understanding their self-worth and how to value their gift. You know, once you're given uh, such an opportunity, so many people, wish that they could be at the certain level as these Hollywood artists and all this. And unfortunately there are a lot of them that can't continue, but you know, this addiction and stuff like this, it's a, it's a disease. And sometimes you can't really control that when there's so much money in there and you get lost in that Hollywood lifestyle, you know, it's unfortunate. We do see a lot of people when they come from, you know, they don't come from a lot. And then you put them in a situation where they have everything they could ever want. If they're not, you know, they don't have proper guidance. It's, it's sad. It's but okay. So it, uh, clearly, you need to have a spiritual coach, counselor, and catalyst fly to Montreal to meet with these people so they can stay on the rails and be successful without having to like destroy their lives. Contact me after the show. That's well, I'm right. talking about Hollywood. We don't have any. I mean, look, there's there's people all sorts of problems in Montreal. Uh, I'm not <laughs> considering that, but you know, uh, he's doing shameless plugging to get to Montreal. <laughs> Uh, I love Montreal. It's know, a great city. I don't, I don't. I don't know. You know, too many like that personally. You know, um, but oh, you uh, your it, artists are all emotionally healthy. Oh, not at all. <laughs> are, are going to be sucked in because they have low self worth and low self esteem. So somebody says a nice comment and then screws them out of a million dollars when they're not looking because they were so nice to them. <sighs> what do you mean? Okay. So well, so what? What um, do you work with any artists in only a particular um, genre? 
Is that the right uh, word? I was going to say the genre, but I, th- I don't know if that's also for music. I'm a film. Uh, I would guy, say so. primarily a vocalist. So we, we don't do as much as band work, although we do have the space for it and everything. Just lately, these days, it's, it's all vocalists. So whether it's a singer or a rapper or anything, yeah, we, I've done all sorts of languages from like Russian opera to she's uh, uh, Italian stuff as well. All Spanish people come in. We get amazing type of, i've done hebrew the other day uh, it was amazing acoustic stuff uh yeah we do get you, we get all all sorts do you do any any licensing with them at all uh no we we don't handle that part we let all the artists and we always in, encourage that as well that we, we don't want to take a percentage you know especially when doing the branding because they're like oh you'll manage me you take a percent we're like no this like part of the all of what we're doing for you is so that you understand how to own your brand and how to own all of your music when it comes time that you want to give someone a percentage, figure that out with your manager or a label, but you don't want everyone dipping in your pockets and especially not the place that you started from at the studio. Right. Uh, I was asking because um, I'm always looking for, for music to put to um, my films. And so, you know, oh, well, I mean, obviously- personally we, we do have, but we don't do, we don't do this with our, our artists and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. If you, you hit me up, well, we could always arrange to have some music for you. No okay. Yeah. That's what I was, was wondering. Cause that can be, that can be expensive sometimes, you know, as uh, licensing for, uh, for short films and films and stuff. See, I'm not the only one shamelessly promoting something here, Ray. You didn't give him a hard time, and he's first of all, I was the first one to shamelessly plug. I don't. We know I'm shameless. I'm coming out to Montreal, and I'm going to get it done. So yeah, you know what? Um, We're going to keep him working because that's what we're supposed to do with artists. I believe this show. I've heard someone sent me a text one day after the show. And they said what they love about this is that we bring people from all walks of life and it's all encompassing with its inspiration. And we're supposed to help each other so that we can get to different places. And so, yeah, if you're shamelessly plugging for something, let's shamelessly do it. I'm, you just tell me when to come to Montreal, I'll meet Elmer and Dr. Kevin there and we'll all get it done. <laughs> we'll drive up. We'll jump you, all three of us. <laughs> what is um, um, so tell me about your your arc as an artist. Person. So, uh, so I, I really I started actually recording people uh, out of my mom's bedroom when I started off, you know, and uh, eventually just through having so many friends that were doing music and stuff, uh, I started freestyling myself, and uh, I found such a passion in it ever since, and. Uh, it, it just became like the lifestyle, you know, once I started actually developing it into the business sense, because, uh, you know, one friend became two friends, two became four, four, eight. And I was like, okay, uh, people, uh, you know, it was getting really busy in the house and stuff, and, you know, and uh, I had to start thinking, okay, look, we have to charge for this. And not only that, I have to actually like rent a spot outside of my house, you know? So uh, music really quick for me became business orientated because of the studio. So these two always came hand in hand uh so it was it was really uh it was really something else and uh but I, I love making music i'm still making music to this day i actually just released a song uh you know we, we plug in we plug in. you know i just released a song that you could check out on spotify itunes and apple music and uh there's going to be the video coming out on the 30th yeah <laughs> absolutely so, uh, yeah after uh after uh yeah since 2012 actually i've been making music and uh recording people and that's when makeway actually opened up as well everything kind of happened the same year so first of all 
you send us the link to the song you're shamelessly plugging and we will yeah. put it on the comment feed underneath this so when people watch this they can click through awesome and be able to get it and I'm, I'm going to ask you the question again because you pushed right by it. What is the name of the song? Tell me the song. What is the song name? So the song it's called Rain Thomas in the House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually uh, called Hua, And uh, the video and everything behind it is very uh, army-like, you know? So uh, you see me in the video with the the lines, the green face out, like we're going through the trenches. It's a, it's a really uh, active video. A lot of energy going through it. Hua. <laughs> Okay. Definitely something you guys will enjoy. The um, now when you talk about, I, I love artists, and and I find that oftentimes artists are uber creatives, like they just do it in so many different ways, and they have one way that they hone in on, and maybe that's the way that they're trying to make a living on, but. I always think it's great to hear the other places. Where where else does your creativity come out in your life? Uh, well, a lot, a lot is in my, in my writing, but creativity comes visually as well. Um, when I get together with artists and stuff like this to do videos and to sit down with directors, uh, I feel like it's a whole different level of creativity than writing a song. Cause now you're thinking visually and how to actually push forward the image of what you're saying and to make it make sense because it, sometimes you find it, it's, it's extremely hard to to, to, to show uh, a script and uh, what you're trying to say in a song visually and it's, uh, you could lose a lot of people. So that's why working with great directors, uh, helping pushing the vision and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like that's a great way of uh, just bringing the art to another level as well. So you are a songwriter, you're some kind of musician, though I don't, I'm not clear exactly what that actual music I make. I'm a rapper. I also do battle rap. Uh, so I, there's a, a bunch where I don't know if you're familiar with battle rap at all, but we'll have. Uh, Isn't that we'll where Kellogg's comes from? Battle rap somewhere, Michigan. Uh, potentially, <laughs> you know. There's there's a there's there's tons of it, you know. Um, and yeah. So other than that, uh, last year I did uh, three battles, and it was just really something else. It was really like bringing the energy and. It's not like making music or making songs either. This is really something, you know, you rehearse for a, a month in advance and stuff. And, you know, yeah, there's the whole part of attacking someone with the, but you're being clever with it. It's really poetry at the end of the day. It's, you, you can't be simple. And when people are too direct, uh, the crowd just doesn't, doesn't feel it. They really need metaphors. They need double entrances. It needs to really hit on multiple levels for people to be impressed these days. And even um, one of a, a big rapper, Cassidy, tried to go up and he's for me he's one of my top favorite rappers he's amazing he's been doing it for years and years he went up into today's game against somebody that's doing this and they, they didn't like it he didn't feel it he didn't hit on that level because he was being too direct and that's why I think battle rap there's so many levels to it than just the aggression and getting in someone's face uh it's really uh it's really something else if you ever study a, a battle if you ever really go into one uh, there's a lot of levels to it it sounds like Saturday night at a gay bar to me. Um, <laughs> hey, he's already in the flavor. He's ready for it, yo. <laughs> you get a bunch of bitchy queens together throwing shade and attitude at each other. You just have to play the music behind it. You got a battle rap. Yeah, well, welcome um, to the rap game. Here we are. <laughs> well, the snatch game. 
Um, so, but my, so my question for you is, because I want to clarify this, because you gave me, I, I, I heard one thing and then you said something and it made me think of something else. And so I, I, oftentimes I, I look at myself as the, uh, the uh, voice of the viewers to ask questions, because if it's not clear to me, then maybe there's somebody else there that's going, oh, wow. So in a battle rap, is, is it, you know, obviously there's an aggressiveness where you're going back and forth. Um, you know, actually, I'm sure you're aware there's a number of very famous Broadway songs that are written that do just that, where they fight each other in music. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it's not done in rap music because we're talking Broadway musicals, but still it's the same concept. But is it poetry or is it improv? Um, so there is a section of improv to it, but when people come in there um, fully on improv, it, it does it never goes well because it's it's nearly impossible to be that clever right off the bat like that. So um, for you most battles, with the right people, go ahead. <laughs> potentially, uh, it, it, the anyways for going on for a minute and thirty uh, for three rounds, usually they they prepare for a month in advance. And they'll have every round ready uh, to go, you know, from doing research on the person to, you know, just looking at current events and what's going on uh, in pop culture. It's always something that gets the crowd going. You have to relate to them as well, because, you know, just attacking the person, sometimes the crowd won't understand certain things. So there's a lot to it. But then responding to what the person said is where a lot of improv comes. You hear something and then you maybe you could start off your rallies. And that's what I was doing in a lot of my battles was starting off my round by responding to something they said and then going into what I had uh, written. Yep, great, great, yeah. So now that's clearer to me because I've never seen a battle rap per se. So your, so your musical instrument is your voice. Definitely a vocalist, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to keep everything clear and also clear in the, in the minds of the viewers. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, performing, uh, doing battles actually something completely new. I only did it in 2019. I did three of them and like that was kind of it. Then like Corona happened and I didn't accept the new ones. But other than that, I've been just doing live performances uh, all across our city here. And uh, it's, it's just the most exhilarating thing to get in a crowd full of, uh, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people and present your art and see the live uh, feed you're seeing the people how they're interacting and how they're liking it or if they're not liking it and uh, I've done from little bars of 10 people to you know the the, the TELUS center uh, the, the TELUS theater here at 3000 and it's like it, it, it's it's crazy you know uh, sometimes you feel even more at home when you're in small crowds and uh, it, it's it's just really amazing to get feedback right away and to perform it's it's really a, it's always been a passion of mine other than the battling thing was just like Let's take it to another level. Let's really test this out. Well, there's a connectiveness with a small group where you can actually really feel a one-on-one -on -one and you can and you can intuitively shift the energy and the vibration of one or two people and change 10 people, but you can't change one or two people and change 3,000. So Yeah, but sometimes, you know, like it's... Uh, when you have a big crowd, they're more in tune to just go with what you're saying, you know, like say like, raise your hands, you know, little things like that. Like everyone's in tune to do that in a bigger um, setting than in a smaller setting, but interacting with one person at a time is better in a smaller setting. Cause that's how you really, you can't do that in a big setting. It doesn't, there's yeah. not that. So just knowing how to work the crowd, how to do all that. And also that's something that I've always taught artists because when I do shows, 
when I do events, half my fans are my clients or my are people that see what I'm doing in the city as a recording artist. And they just, they look at that and they say, how do I get in that position? How do I do that? How do I present myself like this as well? So I, I get to sit down with a lot of artists from writing to just styles of performing to recording. Uh, we, we go through everything. So do you have, um, uh, some, some of this stuff on a YouTube channel that our viewers could go and watch you on? Yeah, for sure. On the Makeway Studios YouTube channel or on the uh, website, makewaystudios.com. Everything's always available there. Okay. And for my personal music, more is on uh, Anu Buds on Instagram. Okay. So we we'll want to make sure that we get all of this so it's actually in writing because people that are, that are listening. Yeah, for right sure. I'll, I'll give you guys the whole breakdown. Yeah, because well, we'll you know what I want to say, you know, being a born and raised Bronx girl, you know, I know all about battle rap because it started when I was like 12, 13, and we used to go see Curtis Blow and as the LL Cool J because those were all round the way folks then. And then I went to school with like Slick Rick and Dana Dane, and you watch they they would battle with you know different up and coming rappers That's wild. at lunchtime. And you know, and I don't know if you how much you know about Slick Rick, but Ricky is he had such good timing. He's comedic, he was funny. Yes, he was comedic. And in, in school, he you know, he had the beat on the tables, and everybody there was an artist. I went to music and art, and so they had a beat and it would do it every lunchtime, and they were called the Kango Crew. And I think it was like eight, nine, ten of them, and everybody <laughs> had this comedic timing that was oh that God. made them who they are right <laughs> now wild. and i would have loved uh, to be was, in that cypher circle <laughs> yeah it was it we, we didn't know then you know we didn't have internet it was just they're, they're, you know just music the kids in school doing something fun and making your friends laugh and i mean you know looking back they were pioneers and just watching like cool modi and all of those people, we were all in the same circles because everybody was a neighborhood person. So I'm glad to see that battle rap is coming back because people weren't cutting it, deep throat. It's really know, evolved. It's really, really evolved. And yeah, the, for sure. It, what what cuts it is just always going up and up. They're upping the bar and if people that think that like a lot of the people who started off with battle rap too like they, they just don't cut it like Cassidy is like like I'll keep mentioning he's a great he was a huge battle rapper he says you know uh before cameras and all that I was a thousand and oh you know no one ever beat me da, 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 da. but now that it's on cameras and there's a whole different way of judging who right. wins because there's huge crowds it's not the same there's the internet now and it's wild wild but uh that's that's crazy that you you grew up with all these people uh you know, uh, just when I work with somebody that's on that level, you know, these veterans, you know, I've worked with uh, people like Raekwon from Wu-Tang to uh, mm -hmm. Onyx, uh, Fredro Star and Sticky. Like when you see these people, professionals who have done this for years, go right. into the studio and their work ethic, it, you understand right away why they are where they are. Uh, it's, right. it, the, you could see it from uh, the average artist that comes into these people. It's, it's like, it's, it's natural. It's, it's, it's water. It's smooth. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, one of the greatest people I've actually worked with, uh, Mano. He, wow. The guy, he, he writes everything in his head, goes over it and, and just gets right to the studio and says, put me on, just put me on. I got it. Uh, his workflow was, uh, was definitely incredible. So, uh, uh yeah, I could understand probably just working with them at the beginning in little circles, just, you know, bouncing on the t the tables. That, that must have been amazing. 
it, it was incredible. It's still incredible to look at it now to, you know, because we're all still friends. Music and art, we're all still one big sister and brotherhood. So we go support each other. When people come through, we go check them out. Because, you know, we remember when we were all just those kids drinking out of that paper milk carton and saying, no, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And standing outside on the gate. And, you know, I remember one time um, Dana and Ricky would, were doing this beat with two nickels. And then everybody, you know, then got in it. And, you know, and then people like this market got in. You know, I mean, it was just like this whole, everybody knew everybody. So kudos to you for get, getting that going again and uh, making me see that th this is, this, this is making me proud. Bronx girl, I see some of my Bronx friends and Brooklyn and Queens friends, they're looking now, they're like, yeah, that's right. That's it, exactly. So they, they remember, we all remember. That's awesome. So how did you um, decide to get into the business side of things and what did you do to teach yourself or did you take any classes to understand, you know, the most artists can't make that leap because, you know, creativity, creativity is one side of the brain and you get the, you know, the analytical thinking is the other side of the brain. So how, how did you make that leap? I think, you know, really thinking about it is because I started off recording people and things were kind of on the business side on that sense. Once I transferred into being an artist as well, at the same time, I was kind of treating it the same way uh, when it came to, you know, how I was going to present it to people. You know, when it came down to studio, we would always freestyle, we'd vibe. And, you know, naturally, I was always just able to show off, you know, what I was doing. But when it really came to, okay, we have to start releasing this, you know, uh, how do we do this properly? Um, I would think about everything I would do promotion-wise for my company. And I would just start reflecting everything from Makeway to my actual artistry brand from making a nice logo, making a nice website, making everything, you know, presentable. Like we say, like the cereal box in the aisle, you, you got to look the part as well, or, you know, just it's, it's human nature not to go for the, the bright orange, you know, it's, it's you, you look at it, it looks nice. You want to grab it. <laughs> so here's the question. If you had an artist and you could put him in a beautiful, wonderful orange wrap, and stuff like that, but you knew that it was actually a piece of crap, high sugar, addictive, bad for everybody's health, would you still do it? Well, uh, contrary <laughs> to health, art is subjective. <laughs> so, you know, who's to say if he's good or trash or high calories or not, since, you know, every, everyone who's taken a taste is gonna have a different uh, flavor in their mouth. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. <laughs> 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 you've never crossed come across somebody that you've ever wanted to say don't quit your day job well you know the the craziest <laughs> thing about being in the studio with artists <laughs> is um you know it's it's progression the only time where i would ever get frustrated or just like you know feel down about working with somebody is if they're not learning and they're not progressing you know sometimes i see somebody they come in they're whispering they're talking like this and then they come back they're like bro i don't know what i was doing delete everything i'm going in you know and then they're there they got the energy up they listen to it they they want to improve and that's the kind of energy regardless of what they're saying what they're doing they're learning something about their craft and improving it after listening to it god knows how many times when they went back home well it's you know it is it's interesting because i agree with you art is very subjective 
I actually had a TV show that I did for a couple of years called Dragons, Unicorns, and Other Creative Creatures. And all I did once a week is have a different Uber artist on Uber Creative to promote themselves because I'm really big into wanting to support the art community and artists and their process and give people hope that, hey, if you're an artist, don't sell out. Don't think you can't do it. So who were your biggest supporters when you really wanted to jump into the art field, into the creative side, when it was no longer about business, but it was about being one of those, you know, shady artists that, you know, we all know don't make a real living until they do. Well, uh, supporters, I mean, I, I could say support wise, it was all the artists in Montreal that, you know, wanted to come record with me and that saw me for my talent in engineering, as well as, you know, as my, my artistry is other outside the studio. But yeah, all the artists of Montreal, that was the biggest without them. I, I mean, I wouldn't have had a business and we wouldn't have been able to do all the shows and, you know, reach all the people that we have. What would you say to the young artist that's here today? listening to this show. And I, and I had this this morning, I would say, and I was working with this family this morning and this girl showed me drop dead artwork that she had done sitting there on a sketch pad. You would have thought that she was a 30 year veteran and she's 14. I mean, it was just stunningly beautiful, but she goes, yeah, but you know, you can't make a living as an artist. So I have to find a real job someday when I get older. And I was like, okay, stop. Yeah, that sounds like her parents speaking maybe. Actually, but, her parents were horrified when she said that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what would you I, say? I can express enough. It's definitely extremely possible. And every day, all these people on the internet help make it so easy to show your art. Um, I, I don't know where I would be today without Instagram. Uh, the way that that company has helped my me grow engage with people. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. I am on Instagram just as much as I'm on my text message app on my phone. This is where extreme amount of people contact these days. Um, and just the reach was so much more than Facebook, Facebook, you know, you have a certain amount of friends, you can't go beyond that. On Instagram, it's the world's open, you can search up anyone, you could talk to anyone, you could message your favorite artist, and they might respond to you. Uh, and these days, if you're an artist, you probably can reach out to your favorite artists and they will respond to you or their management will. There's a way to contact them because at the end of the day, it's all a business. And uh, a lot of artists that have worked with me, uh, they've, they've seen that side and it's, it's intense, you know, when it happens so fast and you realize you could really have these stars sitting next to you with a business move. And uh, it's, it's, it's all part of the game, you know, so really uh, learn how to brand yourself, learn how to put your stuff out there because, you know, no one will ever see it if you don't release it. Um, and Instagram is so powerful, uh, especially if you learn how to really keep content going and how to engage with people. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So were your parents supportive as you were moving through all of this stuff? Were they like, go for it? Or were they like, can't you get a real job? Well, my sister, four years older than me, just became a pediatrician. <laughs> no family pressure there, right? Um, but um, it was interesting because she just became a pediatrician in the last couple of years. And I've, you know, earlier than that, established myself uh, and my business. So it was hard at the beginning when I was doing it out of the basement. You know, it was just a couple of friends, this and that. Um, but yeah, once they saw that there was something like actually like there, you know, there, there was there was support, but uh, 
you know, you know how art is with some parents, you know, and uh, it, it, they weren't uh, cultured in hip hop at all. So it was definitely a bit of a new world for them when they started uh, seeing everything I was doing and the, the battles worried them, and, you know, but uh, look, uh, we, we get through it. <laughs> Where are they now? Are they like, do they get how successful you are? Uh, yeah, they love it. My, my, my dad wears a little makeway mask. <laughs> he he uh he always tells people at his work about what i do uh sometimes he even runs into uh hip-hop rappers and, and he tries to put me on plugs me in with them uh yeah. so yeah my, my dad really supports it he loves what i do and uh, it, it's great to see you know both my parents they've come to shows uh they've seen me perform uh which was uh, the first couple times was like, it was weird. It was like that, like, I'm like saying all this stuff about who I am. Like, it must be crazy for them. Like my son came up with all this, like from where? <laughs> so uh, just performing in front of them uh, was, was definitely something else. Uh, but it, it is what it is when you're a performer, when you do it, there's, there's nothing that could stop you. And you have to keep that energy going the whole time because this is the show world. This is entertainment. No time for breaks. <laughs> I, I, I was uh, speaking once and my mother came to hear me speak and she never came to hear me speak because she didn't like any of the stuff that I was speaking on or teaching, but she, she came to try to support me. And I made the mistake of thinking that I would make her feel special by, by referring to her in the audience. And, you know, and I was talking about being a spiritual healer and stuff like that. And I said, and, and clearly I'm not a product of a virgin birth. I said, my mother is right there, right? Oh my God. I thought it would be well taken, but it really wasn't. Uh, <laughs> was there anything your parents said to you after they saw you rap the first time, like, why did you say this? Or where did that come from? Or did it all just slide? And we got one I've, minute, Kevin. I've never, I've never had my parents reference any of my lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but, but um it, it was funny when i first uh, saw my dad when i was like in full mode um gold teeth had a little little thing going on with the hat everything and um he didn't recognize me he i, I put my hand on his shoulder because he was just walking in the venue there's about like three thousand people everyone's walking around it was hectic he was about to do coat check and i just see him so i put my hand on his shoulder he looks at me <laughs> he's like oh hey <laughs> he didn't recognize me <laughs> he's like holy shit what's going on you know <laughs> and uh it, it was amazing and then he he got to see that other side of me and it, it was funny and I've even told him before uh a big part of my like showmanship and you know like once you hit the stage has come from well, I, I grew up on his type of music which was classic rock and one of the bands we grew up with was Kiss and when you go on stage you, I'm sure you know Kiss they went they did the full thing so uh, I, I really loved watching their live shows and I took a lot from it. Just you have to entertain, you have to do something different and you have to stick out because that production value was, was just amazing. I, and I was actually- All right, I love this, but we've got to wrap this. Uh, you stay on, don't go anywhere, Annie Buds. I want to thank everybody. Next week we have Peaches from Peaches and Herbs. So I guess that's kind of a musician rap too. <laughs> Jake Groofing. Uh, right. A little different era, but she's got a new song out. I'm excited to hear about it. <laughs>